I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. the fangirls on jackalope radio hey everybody and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the fangirl radio show i'm your host miss jessica dwyer and with me as always is the lovely and talented miss rachel t moore well good evening miss jessica dwyer and uh, this episode we have a ton of we can get to get through we have um Info from Comic-Con that's already coming out, um, even though it's only two weeks away, they're finally starting to roll out info on it and things that are going on. There's like big announcements. And also we have some new series starting for the summer uh, this month, actually. One of actually a couple of which I am really, really excited about. And one that is a surprise that I hadn't heard about yet that is starring Halle Berry. And that looks really good and is involving Mr. Steven Spielberg. So it looks like it's going to be an interesting summer and lots of good TV. But first, some news from Kevin Smith, the world of Kevin Smith, who recently was a part of the news when he cried after a visit to Star Wars, his new set, because he's Kevin Smith. <laughs> like you wouldn't, though. I mean, really. I don't know if I'd cry at Star Wars. I mean, I touched David Tennant's leather pants on the set of Fright Night. And I didn't cry. Well, I mean, the the scope is a little larger, though. I mean. Uh, no, David Tennant's leather pants are pretty big in my world. <laughs> you take that as you will. That's a big part of my world is David Tennant's Movie pants. series of a generation, <laughs> leather pants in Jessica's world. Got it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know if I'd cry at Star Wars, I uh, mean, on a Star Wars set. If I got to actually walk onto the TARDIS set, which has more of a history, actually, than Star Wars. Sorry, Star Wars geeks, it's true. Um, I'd probably cry. But yeah, so Kevin Smith cried. But that's not what he's crying about now. What he's crying about now is the fact that the Weinstein Company, who have been the darlings to Kevin Smith, just as they've been to Quentin Tarantino and a lot of the directors that came out around the same time, Smith and Tarantino hit about the same time, denied him clerks three you know what i think it's funny that they say it would cost too much considering the whole thing that's famous about clerks one right how much it didn't cost right the the big thing about clerks one was the fact that he self-funded it using credit cards well not just that but it was made for like nothing and that was part of its charm and it was very clear during kirk clerks too that without that charming aspect of it it was just kind of a filthy movie right and and it looked too pristine and it had a a stupid it had a stupid dance number in it which you know was pandering to just smith wanting to have a dance number well and i mean that's cool i mean the thing is the the, the thing that redeems Jay and Silent Bob in general is the fact that despite the fact that they're horrible human beings, they're also like really charming and there's a kind of sweetness about them. And they lost it in that movie of all those movies, Chasing Amy. <laughs> it was a beautiful movie. It was very charming, you know, and I mean, we're not going to talk about Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back because that movie doesn't exist in my world. <laughs> but I mean, Clerks 2 should have been way sweeter. We should have cared way more. Well, and the, the, the parts that I liked about Clerks 2 were Randall. Randall was the best part of Clerks 2. I love those snotty little interactions because his character never changed. Part of the problem with it was that the characters had changed and they were focusing on crap. And also Kevin Smith, as usual, had to put his wife front and center in, in this movie for no reason. 
Well, you know, it's his wife and I get it. I think that the main thing is, you know, I would like to see Clerks 3, but what is he trying to do with it that would make it interesting? No. Well, aside from the fact that I don't know where it could go, I, I kind of will trust him as a writer to an extent with that. But really, what if if you are getting so big that Weinstein Company says, yeah, that's too much money, what are you trying? It, it feels like maybe there's something forced into it that shouldn't be. Well, what it should be is Dante and his baby having been born with Rosario Dawson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how he's living as a uh, almost, you know, a 40-year-old or almost 40, depending on how they're they're writing Dante, and dealing with being a parent now. Right. That's a very simple, straightforward thing. You're a geek dad. And and what a loser dad. I mean, that's even more fun. Well, he's a geek dad with a really hot uh, girlfriend slash fiance slash wife, wherever they're at with that. Because he imbo- he he proposed to her at the end of the movie. Right. And you've got him dealing with that. You've got whatever's going on with Randall, who I think would be a great centerpiece for it. Because Randall, is, as last we saw him, had not no one really well, other than Dante. Kept Rosario Dawson. I think it would be much more fun to have it come back and have Randall be in like a committed relationship and be the grown up and have him like have a foobard yet again. Yeah, like yeah. a perfect thing. You yeah, know? Randall Randall suddenly is has got everything under control, but Dante suddenly lost Rosario Dawson and 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 he's in a horrible custody battle they bro- or, or or they broke up like 2 weeks later, you know, like yeah, that kind yeah, of something like that. I mean, there's there's no need for a giant budget. There, right. there really isn't, unless he's got them in space. You know, it's like, oh he, God, clerks in space. Clerks three, clerks in space. I, you it's know, right, right on the set of Star Wars. Yeah, that maybe he, was doing <laughs> maybe he was doing research. But either way, I find it, I find it funny that that the Weinstein's are telling Kevin Smith that that have the Weinstein's gotten so cheap that they're telling him no i mean i don't get it i I find that weird because kevin smith has obviously not lost it as a filmmaker because i've seen some of his stuff his horror movie stuff is interesting and good but he hasn't had a critical hit for a very long time no because he he went on that whole i'm doing just podcasts and appearances thing and you can only say the same stuff I, I'm a Wake and Baker now. Yeah, I wasn't going to do that anymore. I like hockey, you know, and I, I want. I, 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 I like <laughs> doing. How you really feel? You know, I like doing this with my wife over and over again. And and I'm a. You know, I think that's the thing is I I'm glad to see that he wants to make another movie because I think he is really interesting as a storyteller. Well, and but he's, he's kind of running out of material as far as that the persona of Kevin Smith. Right. That's the problem. Because is we really respect him as a writer and as a right because I. You know, he did Red State, which was a great, great horror movie. He's got a new one coming out called Tusk, which looks really cool and interesting and different. But the Clerks franchise, I think, has played out. And if he's just trying to do that for fans, that's that's one thing. But it's it's, it's up its time. It's kind of like this stupid that I didn't know about till just now, which is crazy because it's in one of my top three movies of all time is SLC Punk. I don't know and how I you just did saw that. that SLC Punk 2 is in post production one why do you need a post why do you need a second slc punk two okay i really want to watch it <laughs> it's called punk is dead yeah it's grown up I, matthew lillard because i think lillard but do you know who's back in it that crazy um that they show they say that uh the crazy russian who they said they never saw again and also heroin bobber in the cast so i'm wondering how many flashbacks are going to be in it i don't know but i don't know how i knew about that and you didn't because, because you're a bad friend that I, really I, I, I i knew you know, that's one of my top three movies i'm holding you personally responsible i thought you knew i don't know how you didn't know um but kind of going back to the world of comic books and and such because you know kevin smith but uh the director's cut of Days of Future Past is coming out. That's going to be a director's cut of that. I haven't seen it. Of the movie. And I don't know if Rachel should wait and see the director's cut because it's got a lot more stuff in it. Things that we knew that should have kind of been included that they cut for time. You know, it's funny. That happened in the first one, too. Like the scene where he um, they cut it because they thought it was like goofy or whatever. Or it was too risque. But where um, like uh, Professor X is projecting 
Michael Fassbender in drag. <laughs> that was cut from the first one. Like they cut all these great scenes from the first one. So well, the the thing that they're adding back in, which you may or may not care about, is Anna Paquin as uh, Rogue. But it makes sense what they had her in there as and for, and they cut it completely. But I, I liked her as Rogue. Yeah, so. I did too. Um, the so uh, it's going to have all kinds of extra goodies on it, and um, it's going to be definitely longer. And Brian Singer's in it. It's like twenty minutes of extra goodies and nice. uh, twenty minutes of footage in the movie. So it's going to be almost I'm three hours. Extra goodies, like watching the um, Harry Potter DVDs. Like there's so much more Harry Potter to watch because I watch them every year. And so this last year we're like we're going to watch all the extras and the extended like Blu-ray. And I mean it was like. It was like days of Harry Potter. It's oh, ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Oh, did you hear about the new Harry Potter story? Yeah, the one where he's an adult. Well, so if I don't think you're on Pottermore. I've never reason. gotten that to work. I know. It, so, it will not accept me, and I don't know why. So um, they know you're not a true believer. So, so Pottermore is awesome, and it has all these moments. And one of the things that you can do as a student of Hogwarts and Pottermore is you can get the 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 Daily Prophet or the Quibbler. And so lately it's been, because World Cup's been going on, that means the Quidditch the Quidditch Cup has been going on. So we've had things from Ginny Ginny Potter, um, Ginerva Potter, reporting from the Quidditch Cup. And then this week, what came out was written by J.K. Rowling herself, was um, Rita Skeeter's sighting of Dumbledore's army at the World Cup. So she runs down. And the great thing is it's Rita Skeeter. And she's such a gossip hag. And she's such a liar that, like, certain things you don't know if she's, like, exaggerating or if they're true or not. Like, she insinuates that Neville Longbottom and his wife have somewhat of a drinking problem. But you don't know what that is because this is the person who said the ghosts of his tragedies are glistening in his eyes, you know. So Harry's graying and he has a new scar and there's all this cool stuff. But it's it's a lot of fun, and you can actually read it. There's posted up, also not on Pottermore, on Tumblr in its entirety and stuff like that. Yeah, I've read that a lot of people um, were disappointed even more after reading that that she's not continuing the the story of Harry Potter, but she's doing the 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 new movies being made, um, the mythical creatures movie. Yeah, well, and I think she is kind of doing continuing with Harry Potter because um, Pottermore is still active. We're only partially through the. Um, the the uh try the which one is it i've i had oh, get in she's, she's halfway <laughs> it's halfway through the goblet of fire so there's quite a few books left to be released and in the meantime jk rowling is providing tons of new stuff i mean uh, when you go through these moments that they call them they're these little like cartoons you collect things and if you collect the right things it unlocks all this new information that she's written about say the background of minerva mcgonagall or whatever so she's still writing stuff see they know that my whole goal in this would be trying to have cyber sex with Barty Crouch Jr. in the game, and that's why they're blocked. Yeah, it's not, it's not <laughs> that kind of game. It's really geared towards children. It's really geared towards the love of the book. So it's not like you don't, you don't interact like that. Yeah, I can't get in. I've tried everything. I don't know why. They know. They know you're not a true believer. The, the Hogwarts have rejected you as a muggle. <laughs> yes. I guess it's true. They know that I am on Too the side of evil. Bread, they're not going to make I that know. mistake twice. I'm on the side of evil. <laughs> well, speaking of the being on the side of evil, um, Mark Wahlberg, who I like, I can't help it. <laughs> I love Mark. I like him a he, he he is a sweetheart. Well, the big news is, or the big rumor, as it may be, is that, and I can actually see this happening because I think he'd make a good Steve Rogers. Um, Mark Wahlberg may be in a $6 million man movie. And I, I'm, I'm showing Rachel this image that someone did of like a, <laughs> of, of. Uh, a mashup of Mark Wahlberg running. I think this is in Pain and Gain, and uh, alongside Steve, <laughs> Steve Rogers or Steve Austin. I keep calling him Steve Rogers. Oh my God, Steve, Steve Rogers is Captain America. Thank you. Oh my God. See, I've got Chris Evans on the brain. So well, uh, who doesn't really? I mean, yeah, that's true. true. Um, so they even, and, and this kind of swings back to Kevin Smith as well. Uh, they're talking about doing a film version of. 
of uh, the Bionic Man. And I think they may be um, trying to use the Kevin Smith graphic novel that was done way back in the 90s. Um, Speaking of Kevin Smith, that's a great writer. That was a great arc. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I think it would be, it, I mean, if there's going to be something rebooted, I think this is one of those franchises that could do deal with it. Because we haven't had one. I mean, they did a lot of really good, and I say really good, I enjoyed them. <laughs> Mainly because when, one of them, ba- the bad guy was played by Jordy Johnson and, uh, and that I, that had nothing to do with it at all. Um, but they did a lot of really good TV movies of the week. Um reuniting kind of like what they did with the incredible hulk um back in the 90s of uh the the bionic man the uh bionic woman um and the bionic well they actually had a kid bionic schnauzer did they have a dog <laughs> i can't remember i I'm mean they could have they could have i'm making fun of bionic um, but they had, <laughs> the, the, they got married in one of them, and I think, yes, yes, biotic people married each other. Yes, they did, did. Did they were they already in love before they were made bionic? You don't remember? That's why she became the you know, bionic. Because I was like four when I was. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Everybody knows that. No, um, the reason she became the bionic woman was because Steve begged oscar and all of them to save her when she died she got almost died in that in that parachuting accident and yeah but yeah so the the news is we may be getting but this has been in like uh pre-production and um uh set up hell for years so it's kind of an uh if they could get somebody like Wahlberg, it was so easy it's probably hard if they're gonna go campy or serious. I think Starsky and Hutch have, and the, the Dukes of Hazard um, have shown us that going campy with some of this stuff isn't the way to go. Uh, I recall the arc Kevin Smith was not campy. It no. was very It was very serious. And I can see Yeah, and I can totally see Wahlberg pulling it off. So I, I, I am on board with Mark Wahlberg being the new Steve Austin. I got it right. Yeah. To someone that I don't like, but every that I've seen for this movie looks kind of cool. Um, Pregnant in Space. Pregnant in Space? Halle Berry! That's not a movie. That's a TV series. Oh, we're getting to that. You, We're getting to that. You're skipping ahead. I I, I, I meant TV series because I got confused because the one is, it's a, yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. It's okay. But what I wanted to get to, speaking of weird space and craziness, have you seen this trailer for the new the new trailer for the Zero? No, because I don't. Here's here's my whole thing. I don't watch Terry Gillum trailers because they really ruin it for me. Because for me, part of watching anything that Terry Gilliam has done is just experiencing it for the first time. And so, like, I don't even want to look at that image because it ruins too much for me. The the new movie he's doing, the Zero Theorem, is a, is a another one of those kind of Brazil and space crazy theoretical physics and the the answer to why are we here in the meaning of life you know the little stuff the- <laughs> that terry Gilliam, you know just throws yeah. out yeah. in the middle of his and it has a cast of amazing people because terry gilliam everybody wants to work with him and if you can get the movie made without god interfering yay um <laughs> he'll kill cast members or he'll send monsoons My girls in the- Yes, her girl Tilda Swinton, David Thewlis, uh, Matt Damon, Ben Whishaw, Christoph Waltz, who you cannot even recognize because he's bald and thin and he's another chameleon and a fantastic actor. And just the trailer that they have released for this is crazy. It is so dense with just stuff. Um, you you just need to check it out. We're going to post it on Fangirl. Um, and this is another one of those that you can watch it on iTunes um, a full month before you can see it in theaters. Um, which I kind of am annoyed about that. And especially this movie that you have to see this on a giant screen. I don't know how much of a pain in the butt that Terry Gilliam has to release anything for some reason. Oh, I, I know. I know. But this is that kind of movie that once because you won't watch the trailer apparently no but it's so big and vast and beautiful that i can just i i almost wish they'd do this on imax because 
but I I don't believe it's being released on IMAX. I doubt any way, shape, or form, or 3D. I think it's going to be just a beautiful film. And um, so I'm going to give you the synopsis, which I don't think even kind of touches upon all of <laughs> what's going on here. So Christoph Loss plays a character named Cohen, an eccentric and reclusive computer genius. Living in isolation, Cohen is obsessively working on a mysterious project personally delegated oh, to him. about your husband. Yes, absolutely. Personally de- delegated to him by management, played by Matt Damon, aimed at discovering the meaning of life or the complete lack of one once and for all. So basically... Oh, it's going to be sad and depressing, oh, like Brazil. Yes. Increasingly disturbed by visits from people he doesn't fully trust, including the flirtatious Bainsley, his unpredictable supervisor, Job, and would-be digital therapist, Dr. Shrinkrom, that's her name, uh, it's only when he experiences the power of love and desire that he's able to understand his own reason for being. So it's basically they're asking him and, and think about what this would do to somebody's mind. I want you to find out the the zero theorem, which is that there is no meaning behind any of it. Oh, yeah. It's Terry Gilliam. Yeah. So in this trailer that Rachel won't watch... You see, I will love the hell out of that movie. <laughs> you we know that we will love the hell out of that you movie. You see this, this breakdown of this character, and I'm just dying because Waltz just nails everything he does. Yeah. He stole Django from Django, for God's sake. It should have yeah. been called The Dentist, and we've all agreed upon this. So I'm, I'm really excited about this movie, and it should be really cool. Another movie... That some people will probably be creeped out by that's coming out. And as Rachel realizes what I'm about to talk about, her face looks terrified. Well, it's not terrified. It's the fact that, I, okay, you, you tell about the movie and then I'll tell you why I'm, I'm not. Um, I think it's suspect as being good. Well, The Conjuring made a mm, lots of money. A lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> S ton of money. And it was a very big hit of a horror movie in a summer, in a summer release, which is yeah. amazing. And it was based off of a true story. So the spinoff now is happening um, and it's going to be Annabelle and it's going to be focused on the story, the true story, which The Conjuring was also a true story. But The Conjuring was sort of a true story. A sort of true story based on the experiences of the the Warrens. It would be more, be more like Loosely based on the world. Very loosely based. <laughs> so the new film is going to focus on the creepy, creepy, creepy ass little doll that actually exists. Um, doesn't look like the one in the movie. Yeah, the actual Annabelle is a um, is a Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, you can actually find if you go to the Warrens website, they they have photos of her up. He, he's in their museum. They yeah, you can actually see the real one. You can I go- know. We we were talking. We should road trip. Right, we should. I don't. Where are they again? I can't. New England. Oh yeah, that would be a flight. That would not. Yeah, be yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, what we get there and then we road trip up to there. Um, but yeah, it's so it's coming out and it's going to have Alfred Wood, Wood Woodard in it. I don't believe Patrick Wilson is coming back or Vera Farmiga. Ooh, they were awesome as that couple. I mean, they were much better looking <laughs> than the actual ones. That's mean. But they did a good job. No, I'm just saying, like. They're movie star glamorous and like the the Warrens are like very normal looking people. Well, they're not and, ugly. They're just normal. Well, and Patrick Wilson, it's funny because he keeps playing in these supernatural movies now. It's kind of a neat, neat, he, you know, he's. Like, I was going to, I think we talked about this the other day. I want to have him on the show and see if he has like I see, an interest in it. I want to see if you get him to sing. Oh, uh, <laughs> he's oh, the Lord. only Raul that I don't like hate because he's too likable, which is funny. <laughs> but I think Raul should be likable. It, it was never, one of the better things about that movie. He's never likable. Did you see him on Girls? I don't watch Girls. Ooh, la di da. I don't watch Girls. Scare the girls. Um. So speaking of girls, thank you for that segue. Um, the new trailer for David Fincher's Gone Girl with Ben Affleck and Rosamund Pike, who I love because she's awesome and pretty and she, <laughs> I'm not going to say it, it's on cue. <laughs> Go watch. It's a lot different when I can like throw stuffed animals at you from <laughs> your part of 
I'm actually in fangirl cave alpha today. And as Jessica's trying to talk, I'm pelting her with stuffed animals, but I've kind of run out. Ha 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 ha. No, um, so Gone Girls trailer um, premiered with Neil Patrick Harris in it playing a, a creepy stalker looking guy and the. Or else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and the other cool thing is uh, Ben Affleck in this is you don't know if he did it or if he didn't um, as the husband whose wife has disappeared. And is she dead? Is she not dead? They found her diary. It sounds like he was threatening to her. Body I knew she was going to say that. <laughs> did you, oh, by the way, did you see that Laura Palmer's house is for sale that you could go? I did see it. Yeah. I saw it, except for who would want to live there? <laughs> They've really conspicuously not mentioned that it's Laura Palmer's house in the ad. I don't know if you've seen the real estate ad. That would sell it quicker, I think. Yeah, but they really don't want to. And it's funny, everybody I've seen like on Tumblr or whatever talking about is like, yeah, Bob probably still lives there. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. That's why people don't want to live there. Yeah, it's awesome. But um, actually, uh, Tyler Perry's in this, not in drag. Like Tyler Perry. I would say not in drag. He's not he, playing mama. He's actually playing. He plays, he plays himself, like a, he plays a boy quite a bit. I, I, He's really cool. He actually brings a lot of um, good um, industry to Atlanta, which needs that kind of support. I don't need another mama movie. I, I, okay, I have to, I have to confess, I freaking love Tyler Perry. Like, I Diary of a Mad Black Woman is one of my like favorite like guilty pleasure uh, uh, movies. Uh, uh, anyway, I quote him all the time. You just don't know uh, those things that like has probably sustained our friendship <laughs> that I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it looks amazing. It looks like a super beautiful Fincher movie and uh, very creepy good trailer you really are left guessing you don't know um and so the story is on their five-year wedding anniversary um Affleck's character Nick Dunn finds that his wife's missing and reports her missing and then everyone's trying to um you know figure out what's the truth and what isn't because he's trying to paint his marriage as this wonderful thing and then as the media circus starts and everybody gets involved you find out it wasn't and now all the suspicion is. But what if it wasn't? And yeah, and so they can't. They're they're all pointing fingers at him. The family's trying to support him, and you see the the circus kind of die around him, and and you know you you're left wondering. So it's like one of those things where you're guilty until you're proven innocent, and and that's kind of a neat story and Finchner is really good with this kind of stuff so it looks gorgeous great trailer really um really good and Patrick Neil Patrick Harris is like he's got these glasses and he's just kind of standing there in the background yeah because I've seen it reminds me of um Elijah Wood in uh Sin City <laughs> god I hope he's not eating prostitutes <laughs> you never know you never know with well you never know with Neil Patrick Harris he might be eating prostitutes it could be that went like that. That escalated pretty quickly. Oh, well, you're the one that brought up Eliza <laughs> Wood in City with his mounted prostitute wall. I was watching. Uh, I was watching that Night Factory that, um, documentary on Netflix, which if listeners haven't seen, should watch because friend of the show, Greg Nicotero, is but, all about it. Yeah, and but it's great because like. Elijah Wood shows up to talk to him about doing some stuff, and he's like, yeah, I think I have your head around here somewhere. <laughs> like, it's so Greg. That's so Greg. It's not even funny. Well, and that's what's even better is I think in that is the same one where you 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 see Elijah Wood geeking out at the at, at K&B FX studio um, because he's a big old fanboy, and and I guess we are meant to be together numerology. <laughs> oh, my God. Really? Oh, my God. Hey, I'm not. And it's We're not finding out all sorts of things about it, each other it, today. It is <laughs> that on the the numerology math site that everybody at my office was doing, where you can pick your your you know you put your date of birth in, and it's supposed to match you to the the movie star that you're supposed that would be a great match for you. Every time I did it, and I couldn't figure it out for like the longest time. Hundred percent, Elijah Wood. Every time, and I'm like. Why? He's a hobbit. <laughs> I think we can do mine right now. Okay. We... Just because I have to say that, like, I kind of think this is the most ridiculous thing 
I've ever heard of. So it does it by like numerology, like assigning numbers to your name, or is it like your birth date? No, it's your birth date, and I'm. Tr- I'll have to figure. I have, this is ridiculous. I have to see where if I can find it. Um, I, I, it's been a while since I've I've done this thing. So, like anyone born on your birthday is supposed to be a hundred percent compatible with Elijah Wood. Apparently, you'd think that he would be like not single if like that's all it took. Elijah Wood, you should like go <laughs> to the compatibility. And see all the women and men <laughs> that you are 100% compatible with. I, I can't find it. Because you deserve I, I can't find it you right You can't find now. a likely story. I can't find your story. It's a cold water fire. We'll have to do it on the next episode because it, it will be a great, it'll be great to find. And we'll do it live on the episode so Rachel sees who her matches are. Right, and, let's, let's see if we get some power trips. Jesus, poor Steam Power Giraffe. That yeah, they they will be on next week. By the way, Steam Power Giraffe, and we, we don't know yet who all will be on, but I'm hoping it's all three of them. I've got the I'm trying to find out, but uh, yeah, Eliza would 100 percent of the time. And the reason I found out that was because when I interviewed him about Maniac, he started talking about Giallo cinema and blood and pretty. That was him talking about that. Well, we've gone <laughs> off track. About <laughs> Halle Berry. No, 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 no. We're getting there. We're getting there. Oh, my gosh. Why can't we just talk about it now and then No. So um, we are on to TV now because the TV news of the week that um, we've picked. Oh, to stop. <laughs> some Halle Berry. I'm getting some Halle Berry hate here from Rachel. I really am. There's some definite Halle Berry. No, I, I dislike her so much. I everything I've seen from this thing she's doing now, I'm really interested in. I I actually read some stuff about this um, today. I caught from like Rachel Ray, I don't know, some horrible morning show that I wasn't watching, someone else was watching. And I, I caught her talking about it and then they showed a clip and I was like, I need this now, please. You want to see it? Yeah. yeah. It looks, I, and here's the thing, I hadn't heard boo about this until What's like, it called? called extant right and it's she's well, like she's like she's like a woman who goes alone into space for and, a year and, uh, 13 months and ends up coming back pregnant she comes back pregnant so she's been there much and she's there alone that's yeah. part of it yeah it's, and she she said on the this show that what attracted to her her to it first was just trying to get into the headspace of a woman who would like leave her husband and just like go into space by herself for a year like who would choose to do that and then it went got more interesting to her from there well the thing i read that i found really interesting and made me have more respect for halle berry too um because i kind of always given leave her leave her yeah yeah um uh she was talking about the fact that this baby whatever it is is Still, even he goes, Charles Manson had a mother that loved him. And so whatever this child is, is still half her. And she's going to care and love for it. He's not an incubator. Well, even if he is, it's still going to be human. And then she started talking about. Oh, they, they definitely said that. Well, it, he, he doesn't. I don't think he actually knows yet unless they film the entire show. Because. Because I could see it being like, what if she's not pregnant with anything of hers? Maybe it's just like, well, what she, what she gave off this, and remember, it's a it's a Spielberg thing too. Oh, probably. it probably is half human. Yeah, yeah. Um, although if you've seen AI, he doesn't really care sometimes, and will rip your heart I out. Watch that because everyone who watched that looked like they'd been wrecked. People were mad. I wanted to douse myself in kerosene and light myself on fire after watching it, and. Oh. Well, I'll rush right out on that. One. <laughs> watch Practical Magic with me, listeners. I didn't know. Listeners. I did not know. I did not know listeners. about AI. Talk about the fact that Jessica Dwyer has never seen Practical Magic. Yeah, I, no one's going to judge me on that because <laughs> they all hate Nicole Kidman too. It's not about that. Let me. Let me. Let, I okay. can't believe you would wait, not watch Gorbachev as wait, a wait, time. Time. Let me tell you what Rachel said to me while trying to convince me to watch Practical Magic. Oh, 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 Jessica, but you don't understand. You are the Nicole Kidman character. And I'm like, wait, 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 
And then later we ran into a friend of ours who had seen the movie and he had no idea what Rachel had said about or that you didn't like her or, but it didn't matter. And she goes, Oh, but she's so great. She's so slutty and awesome and makes bad choices. Her character's awesome. And I, I looked, and I looked at Rachel. <laughs> she is kind of slutty and awesome and makes bad choices. And she's slutty and awesome and makes bad choices. <laughs> you are the Nicole Kidman to my Sandra Bullock. <laughs> No, okay, so we have made a deal, dear listeners, that Jessica will watch. I see I see the creative hand, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you glad we're in the same room? So Jessica will watch Practical Magic in its entirety without without doing like changing the channel or doing any of the crazy Jessica, I don't want to watch this stuff. And she gets to pick one movie. <laughs> no cutting herself. <laughs> she gets to pick one movie. That I watch similarly. This, I think, is a little generous on my part because I've seen literally a dozen movies that I had no interest in and, like, scarred me for life that I watched because of her. But I will do it one more time if she will just watch Practical Magic. It's on air now. You can't, like, no take back. I, I could make them pick the movie you have to watch. Oh, God. I know some That's sick. Cool. I know some sick people. Why would you? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, you just, this would just be something like mildly disinteresting to you at worst. Necromantic, so you can really puke. <laughs> no, because uh, I will puke, and you will not enjoy that. <laughs> Why would you do that? That's not even nice. I picked something. That at worst is mildly disinteresting to you. At best, you might like it if you gave it a chance. And you're going to pick something just to mess with me. <laughs> Watch AI. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you loved me, Jessica. Jiggle, I'm rethinking our entire relationship. Jiggle Joe, no. Oh, Jiggle Joe. Oh. Oh. We're on the, we're on the air. <laughs> no, oh, it's sad. I existed. <gasps> I know you don't know the context, but I do. And people out there that have seen AI know what I'm talking about. And it's so sad. Okay, let's comment on our Facebook what you and tell Jess that she would probably like Practical Magic if she gave it a shot. <sighs> Nicole Kidman. See, I got my way and I got to talk about Halle Berry. So now you can go on and talk. Yeah. Well, I'm, I was wanting to talk about Halle Berry later on, but we are in TV part. So um, it, it looks interesting to me. I, my thing is I haven't seen – now, I don't watch a lot of CBS because they don't have a lot of really interesting shows to me anymore. No, extant. Um, but I hadn't heard boo about this. No, I heard about it like two days ago. Yeah, the first two days ago, the first time. So – and this is their summer show that – that what to looks looks like to me like rosemary's baby meets gravity and and they didn't promote it at all and spielberg's involved and halle berry's involved and i haven't seen crap about it so i hope it does well but i, I mean they were trying to flog it they have flogged something to death and then it came out and nobody cared yeah i guess but uh, it's weird anyway um we'll get to some more of uh the the shows premiering this month uh a little bit about one of my favorite people oh brandon roth sorry Sorry, I went to a bad place. Yeah, a little jewel right there. Um, yeah, Brandon Routh is coming back to the world of comic books, and he, this is going to be his third turn, third turn as a comic book character. He was Superman first, right? And then he was Dylan Dog, and now he is going to be the Adam in Arrow. It's because if you look at those, um, how to draw like Marvel or how to draw like DC. There's this little formula that you use to draw faces, and um, awesome. he fits them perfectly. And they're a little out of proportion for a human, so his weirdness makes him <laughs> really perfect for it. Well, and also he, he... I love that we're talking about Brandon Routh, and you're showing me pictures of, like, the doctor. Oh, I just... <laughs> hey, uh, hey. Like, I accidentally clicked on the doctor. Uh, sorry, I'm talking about Peter Cavaldi. I'm sorry. No, um, but Brandon Routh is amazing and i you know he was the best part and 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 of superman returns and i gotta say also 
uh, I just can tell he's a good guy. I mean, he seems like a sweet, sweet guy. Plus, his respect and and honoring of of Christopher Reeve, and even ask going to visit his wife and all of that stuff before she passed away while they were filming to make sure she had his, he had her blessing. Just won me for him. Yeah, he seems like, and and he's freaking beautiful. <laughs> he he's he is just fake pretty, well, and, you know, fake pretty. You know, Arrow's been a great show, and it's had a lot of great guest stars, and I'd like to see that kind of continue, and I'm really looking forward to next season. Well, and that's actually a lie. I lied. He has also been in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yes. Yep. He had vegan power. Yeah. <laughs> that, oh, God, I love it. I love that movie. It's so good movie. Um, but, yes, Doctor Who, because we have to talk. Oh, my about, God. We have to talk about the day that Tumblr and the internet exploded, as did every BBC studio head. <laughs> um, so the BBC released, well, they didn't, they released one of the. It looks like Dr. Manhattan. One of two things got released that they were supposed to release this, this week. And um, that was the really amazing ad the, they, they keep doing this 20-second ads, 20-second, 30-second ads for Capaldi. They won't give us a full Capaldi because we can't handle Capaldi, <laughs> apparently. I, I could handle full Capaldi, I'm just saying. I would um, be teaching you to not handle Capaldi. That would be the problem. I would handle. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, so anyway, uh, they released this really amazing new trailer called I See Into Your Soul Doctor, where we get a really, really awesome... What are you pointing at? You have a labyrinth worm? Yeah, I have a fizz gig over there, too. I'm sorry. <laughs> I see her doing this, like, uh... You, you gotta, gotta mark that. You gotta like, cut that out. It's Donald Sutherland. Oh, you gotta cut it out. And, and I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And I'm sorry. I anyway, this is what... Hey, don't you leave. No, it's your room is full of shinies. Edit this part out. No, I'm not editing it out. They get to know that you have the attention span of a moth. Um, so anyway, true. the 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 trailer that was released that you can see online is a really amazing trailer. It, it's you see the doctor being electrocuted via the phone in the TARDIS, and you see this voice this voice comes turn into doctor, and this voice comes over. Voiceover is Davros. And it's this awesome line of him saying, basically, I see inside you, doctor. I see the beauty. I see this and I see hatred. And it's like, ooh. Now, this is adding fuel to the fire of the rumor going around that this doctor, there's something up. There's something wrong with him. And it is... Uh, well, well, this is from... Uh, <laughs> Pompeii. Some people are wondering is who's is there something controlling him? So now we're all there's like this big explosion of theories. Like, is the Valyard showing up? Is the Valyard in control of the doctor? Is it the Time Lord is doing something? Is he conflicted? They're saying this is like the darkest, most dark, dark ending of a season that's coming that we're gonna ever see for the doctor. That was my Steven Moffat eye roll. Well, the cool thing is, I think that, and, and, and the other part of that is, why that face? We know what happened with Frobisher. We know what happened, uh, you know, the, the fact that he, he saved this man from Pompeii that looked like this. So, it's, I think it's all going to end up being connected. Like, Moffat did a great job connecting everything in the finale for Matt Smith. A lot of his storylines completely tied up. Um, so... This whole thing about Davros and the fact that Davros and the Daleks, he said before that the, the Daleks think hatred is beautiful. And if they say they see beauty in the doctor, that means there's a lot of hate, especially for him to say that. So speaking of a lot of hate, the BBC hates somebody a lot right now because this week, not one, not two. But five scripts, the first five scripts of Capaldi's run as the Doctor got leaked online. Oh, dang. Five, which is basically 
That's like half a season. season. And they were, they were like wildfire out there. And people were, my friend, our friend of the show, Aaron, who is um, part of the Dr. Puppet Brigade, was out there telling people, if you read these, you're a betrayer. If you read these, you're yeah. a betrayer. And she was like going out. of on, tum- on Tumblr, there was a lot. And she was reblogged a lot for that. But yeah. it, it really was like, you know, it's disrespectful. Well, it is. And on top of that, um, the BBC was asking people, please don't do spoilers. You know, please don't do this. And how it happened, I feel really bad for this guy named Kamigaro or Kam. Because if people, if people don't know, when you get a script on set, it has your name printed all over so it. Here's why, Here's where this leaked from. This poor guy was supposed to, I think this is what he was supposed to do, and somehow his scripts got stolen. Um, he was supposed to do the rename, you know, the, the, the text for Latin viewing of the oh. B.O.S. And... You know, they have to, yeah, yeah. So they have to do the dictation for it. So they have to get the script beforehand to know what they have to type and all of that good stuff. So it got out there. And of course, his name is Watermark. Every single page. This guy's having a really bad day. And that sucks. Yeah. And so then on top of everything else, all of these sites that were um, putting the, the scripts, all these people that were like reposting the scripts and people that were like, oh, I've been waiting so long. I need something. We don't have anything. We've not been given anything. Yeah. Join the Sherlock fandom. Yeah. Sorry. So they were out there downloading these things and they were rife with viruses. There was a ton of them that people were posting and people were so desperate that they would hit OK and their computers would just instantly be hit with malware. So it was just a really black day for the BBC this week um, for that to happen. And it's really sad. But my point that I made on Tumblr that a lot of people were laughing at but were going, hmm is the fact that is anyone really surprised that something dealing with Peter Capaldi got leaked? If you have watched In the Thick of It or In the Loop, then you will know Mr. Malcolm Tucker, the master of spin, was known for leaking. So in my eyes, I see this as the spirit of Malcolm Tucker telling Peter Capaldi, hey, Dick, don't you forget about me, you effers. (laughs) You and your effing Legos. I'll show you. (laughs) I'm the reason you're still here. Oh, that's funny. So, yeah, um, it got leaked. It was a bad day for the BBC. But not a bad day for the rest of us is going to be the night that the strain hits. Oh, baby. I've seen the pilot. I've seen it. And it's coming out on Sunday. And it's going to be on FX and making people sick in LA with those little billboards with the little worms coming out of there. I'm watching Rachel turn 15 shades of green. The worms coming out of their eyes. <laughs> really? Is that necessary? <laughs> no, no little worm fingers. Get out of the way. Get away. Get away. <laughs> but um that starts this friday or i'm sorry sunday and it is phenomenal if you're not gonna watch it you need to be smacked it's you know for those of us who want to keep dinner in just go on to netflix and watch oh it's so good (laughs) um it's excellent excellent show um sean astin's in it um uh let's see who else uh oh the Walter Frey, who I can never remember the actor's name because I'm a horrible person. But um, why can I not remember his name? How am I always forgetting this guy? I don't know. Uh, Walter Thank you. Thank you. Oh, there we go. David Bradley. Oh! I never remember it. It's so bad. I keep wanting to call him William Hartnell because he, he brought William Hartnell back from the dead in that Doctor Who made movie. Yeah, but he's also... She was also Harry Potter and Hot Fuzz. And... But you, if you see him as William Hartnell, it, really it made me cry. I saw pictures of it. I I, it made me cry. So, but yes, uh, you need to check out 
the strain. It is beautiful. And I, I actually was involved with a um, phone call today with Guillermo del Toro and Carlton Coos, where, of course, I didn't get to ask a question because everybody and their brother were on the phone call. But um, it was great to hear del Toro talk about the fact that they took two years to prepare for this series. You could also just, like, stop it. It was really good to hear del Toro talk. It was really good to hear Del Toro talk. It's always good to hear Del Toro talk. I want to give him hugs. I, I, I plan on giving him hugs. I will give him hugs. I hopefully will be doing a one-on-one with Guillermo Del Toro at Comic-Con. And you will get me an autograph. And I will get Rachel an autograph if I can. She goes, she says, what do you want to sign by Guillermo Del Toro? And I said, well, you know, I have this book of his. <laughs> she's like, she like goes, how big is it? And I show him and she's like, I'll get a photo or something. <laughs> Um, oh yeah i should send you my dvd cover of hellboy 2 since it's my favorite movie yes i don't remember if i I bought it on blu-ray it too if he's there and rachel's face just beams at the mention of doug well who's doesn't i mean really seriously if well if i if i pull off getting him to meet speaking Speaking of uh, Doug Jones, want to remind before we leave that next week we have Steam Powered Giraffe on our show. <laughs> and the connection is that they're um, really wonderfully trained mimes as well as a great band. And Doug Jones agrees that they're wonderfully great, great mimes. And that's high praise indeed, really. Yes, it is. Um, but before we get, well, before we get to the end of the show, which is actually we've been talking for quite a while, which is kind of good. Um, Starting on July 11th, which is something I have been waiting for. So excited. And Rachel, your husband, will love this show. The almighty F.N. Johnsons is finally starting on U.S. television on the CP channel. He's finally doing something. On July 11th, um, on Friday, July 11th, Almighty Johnsons hits. Almighty Johnsons is an awesome, awesome show from New Zealand, which they're definitely going to heavily cut because there's lots of naked, lots of naked. Um, And the series, I think I may have talked about it before on the show, but the Johnson family are a bunch of brothers who are your regular New Zealand boys. They drank, they party, they bang chicks. That's kind of what they do. I love that that's our perception of New Zealand. On the show, if you've seen it, you know they do. That's basically the show. So anyway, um, Axel, who is, I think, the youngest brother at this point, yeah. He is turning, I believe it's 21, and his brothers throw him a party and everything, but then they take him out into the middle of the woods, and they say, you need to strip. And he's like, why am I getting naked in the middle of the woods with you guys? And they say, because the lightning will burn your clothes off. And he goes, what? And what he finds out is each of his brothers is a god from Norse mythology. And whenever they turn 21, they get their power. They find out what god they are. And (laughs) That's so weird. Well, it's because there was, they, they explain it by saying how, at some point in the past, a lot of Norse uh, Norse people. This is a crazy premise. <laughs> so um, you don't know which god you are until the until you turn this age in the thing, right. and the lightning hits him and he finds out it's Odin. Oh crap! And um, so what goes on is there's also goddesses, and you don't know who the goddesses are. There's even a Loki who's a real bastard. Well. And yeah, and so there's all the, it's really, really cool and interesting and really well acted. And it's, it's just got a lot of good actors in it and cool, great show. And it took kind of like Percy Jackson for grownups, definitely grown up. And they're all hot. That's, that's the other, well, clearly that's, that's the other, other bonus of this is that they're all like good looking dudes. And, um, so I'm hoping it has that dry kind of quirky um, New Zealand humor. It totally does. But they're going to have to like cut a bunch of it because the U.S. is kind of, uh, they don't like the, well, it's, it's just the oh, nudities uh, and the yeah. drug uses. And, and this, the, this, of course, is my favorite. Of course, because he looks like a New Zealand version of Robert Carlyle. 
Shelter Copley. Oh, I can. Yeah. Or like the love New Zealand love child of Robert Carlyle. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Um, his name is Timothy Baum, and I got to babysit him at Horrorhound Weekend when he came. All the ah, it's all coming together now. It was so funny to watch the girls actually tremble as they walked up to him because if you haven't seen it, you need to. Which is maybe this is the movie I'll make Rachel watch. Dead Alive by Mr. Peter Jackson is the most disgusting, depraved. What? Why would you want me to watch? Why would you make the religious chick watch like horrible, funny, mean, disgusting zombie film ever made? And I don't zombie. All right. If we do this, then we have to have an episode where we just talk about the two films. <laughs> where, like, one of us tells why we loved it so much, and the other one tells us what they thought. You got it. We'll do that. Um, but Ly- so it has to be a movie that you like. But he played Lionel, who every girl wanted to have as a boyfriend, because he was so sweet. And um, he's just awesome in this. He his- Does he get eaten by zombies? He- no. Actually. He kills his mom. <laughs> well, that, that just ruined my my any need I had to see that movie. You, you'll be glad he did. <laughs> also, um, happening this week, just be prepared because we're about to run out of time. But I I fully um I fully expect everybody to watch this show because it is good. It's another Netflix original. Hemlock Grove season two is back with Baby Skarsgård, Eric's little brother. Who plays it appear in it? Looks like a little mini scar. Mini Eric. Mini Eric. Anyway, Rachel's looking at me like, you. <laughs> the things that you will watch for a scars guard. He's so pretty, though. And it's got one of the best freaking werewolf transformations I've ever seen in it. Excellent. Wow. Yeah. Hemlock Grove. Yes, and and that was making the rounds. You know, Eli Roth is one of the producers of this show and everything, but it does. It has some really. It, it's just so bizarre. It's like Twin Peaks had a baby with Clive Barker. It lets Rachel's eyes look terrified. Of what nope, nope, nope. There's not enough. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> It's it's a jacked up show, but it really is sort of like Twin Peaks mixed with Clive Barker and I don't know what else, True Blood maybe a little bit because of the Skarsgård part. But anyway, Hemlock Grove season two is back on Netflix for your your um, massive watching set down marathon of uh, fun time, which I find funny that they did it. They actually did a test that said. Anybody that marathon watches TV on Netflix or something like that, where you just sit down and just watch like 12 or 14 straight episodes. And so all of Tumblr. Everybody is taking years off their life doing that. <laughs> what, what else are you going to do? Oh, my God. That's so messed Honestly, up. What That's do? so messed up. I, I have House of Cards to watch. What else am I going to do? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> So with that little little tidbit of joy in your life, every time you set through Orange is the New Black season two in a full setting, you're going to die two years sooner. <laughs> this is <laughs> Wow, on that note, this has been Rachel T. Moore. And this has been your ray of sunshine, Jessica Dwyer. Oh. I want to thank you for listening. And don't forget, next week, Steam Power Giraffe. Tell your friends! And I believe the week after that, we won't have a show because I'm going to be prepping for Comic-Con, so it's going to be really crazy. Um, but the week after that, do you know who's going to be on the show? I ha- I heard it's our favorite eccentric professor slash actor I'm an slash old- artist <laughs> Slash Instagram selfie creepo slash James Franco. That's right, everybody. Mr. James Franco. Hide your daughters. Hide your daughters. And your sons. Yeah, pretty much. Any hide, just hide, just hide everybody. Leave the room. Um, yeah, James Franco has joined us to talk about his newly released um, as of 
I think it comes out the first week of August or the last week of July. Uh, his new movie, Child of God, I got to see. And it's a it's based on a Cormac McCarthy book, which means happy fun times for everybody. Oh, Lord. Oh, yes. The, the sunny disposition of every character. It's a Cormac McCarthy book. <laughs> but um, actually, James Franco was being awesome to talk to you about this. And so tune in. And tune And it was a great interview. I was very happy. So we'll talk a little about Comic-Con, talk a little about James Franco. Yeah, a lot with James Franco, because I think we ended up talking for like half an hour. Right on. So, yeah, James uh, Franco at the end of July, Steam Power Giraffe in the middle. It's a good July. Yeah, babe. Let freedom ring. Let freedom ring. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. This has been Fangirl Radio signing off.